a funny thing to have an opening Sunday when we don't close for the summer anymore. In fact, we haven't closed for the summer in many years now. But there's still something new, I think, about that first Sunday after Labor Day. School has begun, summer's drawing to a close. I had sort of little vacations and a strange summer schedule this summer, and so that schedule's over now, and I'm glad of it. Actually, glad to be back here and here for a while now. But I've been thinking about this platform for some time, about this particular Sunday, and what I might want to say to you this day. We had a hard year this past year in our little community, the loss of two long-serving and beloved staff members, and all the transition and anger and anxiety. And honestly, I think we're managing it pretty well. We're still figuring it out, still learning what it means to be a community together. Still learning what it means to be a community together. Isn't that always kind of true? (laughs) I've been thinking about that this summer, about the way that we learn to be a community together. I think we, the Washington Ethical Society, we've been learning that this whole time since our founding in 1944, 70 years ago. And I think we'll be learning it for years and years to come. Because you don't just build a community like Wes, a community made of actual people, so much peskier, you know, than like bricks. (laughs) You rebuild it all the time, person by person, idea by idea, story by story. So I've been thinking about that, about being a community together and about rebuilding together, thinking about WES itself, our, our programs, our staff, our membership, our celebrations, our platforms, our chorus, all the things that make us who we are now and who we have been, things that change all the time and that also have to have some through line, some consistency, so that we keep being who we are at our core. I've been thinking about all of that. And then it's been a hard week. It's been a hard week for this community with the loss of Becca Pardo, who, as some of you know, was diagnosed with and died from a brain tumor in the span of four days. It has been an unimaginably hard week for Becca's family, for David, who grew up here just as Becca did, and for Sue, their mother, and Jeff, their father. And that is so much in my heart right now. They are so much in my heart. You are so much in my heart, especially those of you for whom this loss brings to mind other losses, other deep griefs, the kind that are always with you, just below the surface and that well up at any moment. So I've been thinking about that. I know many of us are thinking about that. And you know, hell of it hasn't been a hard month. It's been a hard summer. Syria, children at our borders alone and afraid. ISIS, Ukraine, Ferguson. 
Many of you have come to me this summer saying in one way or another, the world is scary. It's sad. It's painful. I am having a hard time with it. So we are all maybe thinking about that. Our monthly theme this September is homecoming. We have this beautiful new visual piece which Shirley Storms created, and she created it from your ideas that you wrote down last week about what homecoming means to you. You wrote family, love for others, reunion, a safe place where we can always return, the place where they have to take you in, fireplaces, the familiar but always things have changed, even at home. I think sometimes we imagine homecoming in this sort of idyllic way, you know, skipping across the prairie to the old farmstead where Marmy stands. I'm mixing up some books of my childhood, so just stay with me. Marmy stands there with open arms right next to Matthew and Marilla where everything is perfect and the same and we are always welcomed. Your reflections on the theme, though, show a more thoughtful approach, a realization that homecoming isn't always like that at all, actually. Sometimes it can be scary or even uncertain. It's especially true when home has changed, when it isn't like we remembered because of loss of time or because of our own transformations, when home is different than we remembered or wished for or imagined it might be. And then... What, I wonder, does it mean to come home at all? Is it even home if it isn't the same, you know? I guess that's where we get to rebuilding. I think about that idea about rebuilding first in the most personal of ways. I said there were many of you here who might be feeling old grief anew this week. This community has people who have sustained deep, and terrible losses. Losses of children, of parents, of partners, of friends. Losses sudden or long awaited. Neither's worse. They're just both bad. I look out at you sometimes and I cannot help but see the people who are not with you. People I met or people I have only heard about Or more broadly, maybe the life that you don't have anymore, that you thought you might, that you continue to mourn, the dreams you once held which won't come to be. I see all of that, and I know you see it too when you look at each other. Because that is what a community like ours does. It remembers. It holds all of that loss for each other. And I also see, when I look out, what I can only call renewal, rebirth, rebuilding. I see that you have built your lives again, built new lives. Some of you have found new loves or new dreams, and that rebuilding never, ever makes the pain go away. And you know you wouldn't want it to. You wouldn't want it to. But it's a rebuilding nevertheless. Somehow we do that. 
We humans, we put pieces of our lives back together after the loss of a loved one or a plan for our life or a hope that didn't work out, and they look different, our lives. But we rebuild them anyway into something like a home for ourselves. And sometimes it looks just awful, actually, compared to what we thought it would be. And it is. And yet we still keep rebuilding, finding a way forward. And when we can't, when we feel there is no hope for rebuilding, we reach out. Or I hope we do. One of the losses this summer was the death of Robin Williams, whom the world lost to suicide. And I know that many felt that loss particularly keenly, not just because of the joy and the fun that Robin Williams brought into our lives, but because it brought to mind other losses to suicide. And so as we talk about rebuilding our lives in a personal way, I want to put a note in that many of us have moments when we just simply can't imagine that our lives can be rebuilt or when the sadness that envelops us is too great, too much. And I want to say that if you feel that way, that you can call me or call a friend or call a hotline that there are people who want to hold your hand and just sit with you during that feeling. So I want to make sure you hear that this morning, if this happens to be a day when you can't imagine that rebuilding is possible. But for many of us, it does become possible somehow. We can't imagine it exactly. We aren't rebuilding towards something that we know what it will look like that we can even see at first. And yet at some point we've done it. We've rebuilt a life. Sometimes with whole walls of the house that will never look right. Not ever. But still, something. So what then about our country? Our world, to move from the deeply intimate to the large in scale, how do we rebuild this world so that it provides a home to all its people? Homecoming, for me, brings to mind all kinds of things on a national level. Returning citizens, those who are coming back to communities after incarceration, who are seeking a second chance and find often doors shut in their faces housing applications and employment applications that are torn up because that box is checked on the very front. Have you ever committed a felony? It brings to mind for me the children at our borders and all of the immigrants that seek refuge here from poverty or from violence at home. They seek a home, but in so doing, leave a home, find themselves caught between two places. It brings to mind, too, the inequality that spans the globe and come homes to roost in our own country, in our own metropolitan area. D.C., you know, is the city with the fourth highest income gap in America. And the way that that income inequality intersects with, is connected to, but is different from racial inequality in this country. Homecoming makes me think of the way that African Americans, Native Americans, Latinos, people of color have been told over and over again that this is not their home. Not the way it is for people who are white, people like me. 
Japanese Americans, did you know they couldn't vote in America until 1952? I think of Langston Hughes' poem, America is not America to me. I don't know if you know that poem. I think of youth for whom it does not feel as though they have a chance in the world in this country, who feel that the odds are stacked against them, the police are not here to protect them, that the system is rigged. And it is. It's rigged, I think it is, that racism has so permeated our country over our years of slavery and genocide, internment. I think about homecoming, the idea of homecoming, and remember that most African Americans who are here are here because their ancestors were forced here, sold here. I think about homecoming and the state of our country, and I wonder what that even means for the forgotten, for the fast food workers on strike right now, for the protesters in Ferguson with rifles pointed at their faces for the seniors without money for medication and the mothers without money for diapers? What does homecoming mean for the children who live at D.C. General Shelter? We have rebuilding to do in this country. Most of the time, I can't even imagine what that rebuilding would look like. I can't imagine how this country will remember or learn for the first time what it means that all people are equal what it means to care for all of our children. But then I remember, I think again about that Langston Hughes poem, the one that cries out for every broken dream, the one with the heartbreaking line, America never was America to me. I remember that the title of that poem, the title is Let America Be America Again. Oh, yes, Langston Hughes writes, Oh, yes, I say it plain, America never was America to me, and yet I swear this oath, America will be. I remember that the poets and the singers, the labor organizers and the freedom riders, that they all work to rebuild because somewhere that dream exists, even if no one has seen it yet. And I think... We have a lot of rebuilding to do, and I had better get started, because as Dorothy Day said, no one has the right to sit down and feel hopeless. There is too much work to do. And I think that if I can't imagine the rebuilding, then I had better figure out what it is I can imagine, what tiny part of the world, the neighborhood, I can make better. I better go to that Washington Interfaith Network house meeting and talk about the vision for the city. I better show up at Luther Place with a casserole and a smile. I better stand outside with a sign saying Black Lives Matter and hold it high. That that is what rebuilding looks like sometimes. And what about us? What about our community here, this little place we love so much? For some of you, the theme of homecoming this month, it may feel perfect. You have missed us over the summer, maybe, or in the last hard week. And anyway, it always feels like home here, and you're glad to be among friends. For some of you, it may feel very hard to imagine what homecoming means here right now. Things feel so different, and yet you can't yet imagine what it would be like to be part of this community. 
For some of you, perhaps this is your very first time in the door, and I certainly hope that we have welcomed you. I hope you get a cookie. That'll help a little bit. (laughs) But still, it's rare indeed that a very first visit feels like homecoming. And that can be something, too, that, that discovery of whether or not this might be your home. What I think I want to tell you this morning, though, is that in this community, you are home in some way. Whether you are with us for just this hour and after the cookie, you won't come in again. Or whether you've been here for 40 years. Because it's you that makes the community what it is. You are the bricks and mortar. Even though you change, you swap out. None of you were here in 1944, I don't think. I'm scanning the crowd because occasionally someone is with us who actually was, but I don't think so this time. None of you were here when Wes was in some ways first built. It was built, our Articles of Incorporation say, to constitute a liberal religious fellowship without restrictions of race or creed. The articles were actually written in 1949, and I'd like to say that wasn't bad for 1949, honestly. A liberal religious fellowship for religious education for youth in the principles of the ethical movement to engage in educational activities, public service, and social action. The term for which it is organized, the Articles of Incorporation say, shall be perpetual. (laughs) I like to imagine them, this merry band, 70 years ago, organizing this congregation for a perpetual term. (laughs) Forever, in other words. And here we still are, totally different, meeting in a different place, different people, different ideas in some ways, and similar, too. I'm struck by the fact that we could just have easily written those articles of incorporation today. I don't know that I could improve on them, really. The term for which it shall be organized is perpetual. A place you can always come home to, perpetually and a place you can always build perpetually. And maybe that's the way it is with every home. We are a transient people nowadays, you know. We move for jobs or partners or school, and we try to stay in touch with where we've left and put down roots where we are and figure out the balance between Facebook and reality. (laughs) Perhaps every home, from the most intimate ones, from our family homes to the biggest, our country and our world, perhaps all of them are places that we can return to and places that we are building over and over again. Just like the Roxaboxen village, the stones placed every summer, lasting for years. A congregation is especially like that because so many people call it home. And so many people work on building it. And, of course, we have different ideas about how the bookshelves should be organized and how the committees should be organized. And goodness knows we have different ideas about how the music should be organized. (laughs) So sometimes the house looks a little hodgepodgey, (laughs) as though we aren't quite on the same page. But really now, did you expect to come to a community of religious, progressive individualists and find that everybody was on the same page all the time? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. 
except sometimes, sometimes we are. Sometimes we know the moments when we need to just come together in our home, this home, and hold each other's hands or march together or sing together, even if the song isn't exactly the one that we would have picked. (laughs) Sometimes we know that the song doesn't matter as much as the singing.